Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Classroom Matters with me, your host, Christy Hool. And on today's episode, we have the pleasure of sitting down and chatting with Brittany Long. Now, Brittany is a former science teacher turned freelancer and entrepreneur who now works from home and is the host of her own podcast called Life After Teaching. Uh, Brittany knows what it's like to feel burned out, tired, and desperately wanting more for her life. And although she still advocates for great teachers in the classroom, she also helps teachers find whatever path brings them joy. Brittany, thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate you being here. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to dive right in, Brittany, um, because we are in sort of, and I know we've been saying this, I feel like we've been saying this forever, right? Education's changing in a tumultuous time with the pandemic, but at some point we're going to have to get over that. But I feel like we're still there. And so give us a little bit of a background and history on your uh, journey into education as an educator, um, and then we'll kind of move into how you stepped out of that. But let's start. let's start there. Okay. Well, into education, I love helping people. I've always been a helper and I've always identified as somebody who really wants to make an impact on the world and wants to help people. And I thought, well, how better to do that than making an impact on the next generation? And so it seemed like a natural progression for me. It just seemed like it would make sense. And so that's how I got into teaching. And I was a middle school science teacher for four years I loved it for my first two years, but by the end of those first two years, I started to feel really burnt out. Um, the philosophy at that particular school was, you know, we pay you for 80% of what you do, which is teaching. And then the other 20% is like the voluntary things that you're expected to do to get paid, um, but aren't actually part of your job description. And I loved doing those things. It was coaching. It was, um, you know, being at events and stuff. And I really enjoyed being there with the kids, but it was also a lot. <clears throat> and so I was either working or thinking about work from the time my eyes opened to the time that they closed. And I know a lot of you listening can probably relate to that. And um, I kept telling myself it would get easier that I'd have less to do next year. And so I kept piling those things on thinking, well, next year it'll be easier. Next year it'll be easier. And then I had a cancer scare and I thought this was going to be my last year on earth. Uh, because that's how my doctor made it sound. <laughs> and so I freaked out and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think teaching is what I want to do. If this is my last year on earth, I, I don't think this is what I want to do. And um, it was kind of a wake up call. And I think I had known it for a while at that point. Um, I think if somebody had said, you know, do you want to continue teaching the rest of your life or even the next few years? I think that small voice inside of me would have said no, but it was so quiet because I kept thinking, I have more time. I'll do it later. I'll figure out what I, what I, you know, I'm supposed to do next later. But that cancer scare really woke me up that later isn't guaranteed. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you, you just talked a lot about feeling burnt out and it kind mm -hmm. of took something major in your life mm -hmm. to have you change um, the trajectory of your life from that point. And, and we're, I want to get into that more deeply later in the podcast, but tell us a little bit about when you made the decision, okay, this is what I want to do now. And how easy or difficult was it to make that transition? Well, I don't think it has to be as difficult as I made it. <laughs> I made it way more difficult, I'm sure, than it needed to be. Um, but it felt like this huge, overwhelming process. It, it seemed like there was no way I would be able to get out. I, I thought, well, what about the insurance? What about taxes? What about all these different things that I had kind of just taken for granted with teaching? And then when I started to look around and I saw the price of insurance, I thought, oh my gosh, there's no way I'm going to be able to do anything else. And then there was that mindset of, 
you know, what else can I be hired for? And I think that a lot of teachers have the same kind of idea that I had of what else can I do? Um, you know, how do my skills translate? And in my head at that time, I was like, they don't like teaching is what, <laughs> what I'm going to be doing forever, because I don't think I'm going to be able to do anything else as far as like those transferable skills. Um, and I think that, well, I don't think, I know that that's a huge myth. And I think that some people think it because teachers are great at teaching, but not always great at marketing ourselves. And so um, a lot of people just don't know how incredible teachers are and how much of an asset they are to the workforce um, because they haven't been teachers. And so for me, it was difficult at first, but the biggest difficulty was that mindset part of it, of seeing that I have this huge value that I could bring to a lot of different companies. And I just really basically needed to shift the, the language around on my resume and stuff like that. But I tried a lot of different things. I tried um, a few different side hustles. That's uh, with the side hustle. I did that specifically because I wanted to have that safety net. I wasn't comfortable leaving until I knew I'd be okay <laughs> financially with leaving and, and making up what I would have lost. Um, but once I got over that mindset hurdle of it, and once I started trying different things, seeing what worked and didn't work, it got a lot easier after that, but it was really just getting that momentum going. It's like, if you're trying to push a boulder up a hill, it's really, really hard at first. But then once you get closer to the top, or once you get to the top of the hill and you have to push it back down, it's, it's super easy. It just flies by. Um, that's kind of how it felt for me. Mm -hmm. And so what is it then that you transitioned into and what are you doing now that has been successful for you? Yeah. So I became a freelancer. Um, I tried a bunch of different things. When I became a freelancer, I started with graphic design and there were parts of that I loved, parts of that I didn't love. And then there was, um, after that, I started learning funnels, which is kind of like website building, but way more fun and way easier in my opinion. Um, and then I added on email marketing after that. And a lot of these things, I didn't even know they existed when I was teaching. And so it took a lot of Googling, but, um, that's really kind of how that started. And then since then I've transitioned out of that and I do, uh, I have my company that helps with email marketing um, and funnel building. And I love doing that. And then on the side, I also help teachers that want to leave teaching. I help them figure out what's next for them. And I say on the side, because um, we do have some like products and stuff like that, but really what we do is provide all these resources. And so we, um, it's not my, it's my company, but it's not like a full-time thing. It's just something that I'm really passionate about that I'm like, if you don't know that you can do anything else, I want you to know that if, if teaching isn't the right spot for you, that's okay. Like there's so many other things that you can do. Here are some ideas. Mm -hmm. And I, okay. So, and I also want to, I meant to do this at the beginning of the podcast and I, and I didn't do it, but I want to throw in a disclaimer to our listeners who are mostly educators, mm -hmm. um, you know, are mostly administrators, superintendents, educators, homeschool parents, um, we, I'm not advocating for a mass exodus of the classroom setting. I'm not advocating. I'm not trying to push teachers out of the classroom. And I know that you're not either. Um, you know, I fully support and, and feel like having wonderful, uh, high quality teachers in the classroom is an absolute must for our children. And if you're someone that absolutely loves teaching and you're great at what you do and you've never contemplated ever doing anything else, I think that's wonderful. We need you in the classrooms. Um, but this for me and the reason, and Brittany, the reason I wanted to have you on here and I wanted to do this for my listeners is I, I know personally, a lot of folks and that are in the classroom and it's just not 
they're not giving their best anymore, mm-hmm. but they feel sort of trapped um, because maybe their their heart's not in it, but they don't feel like they can do anything else. So I just wanted to throw that in there that we 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 fully support great teachers. We think great teachers should stay in the classroom, but for those that are struggling, there's nothing worse than having teachers that are burnout, mm-hmm. tired don't want to be there because that just really trickles down to the students and the quality of education. And that's not what we want for our education system. So there are answers out there and that's why I brought you on the show. So um, with that being said, talk to us a little bit, because I know some of our listeners that are listening to you right now, they're, they're thinking, wow, she was burnt out. She was, I'm feeling the same way. What are some of the reasons that you feel were the biggest reasons for your burnout when you were Mm -hmm. teaching middle school science? So I think the biggest thing was not setting an appropriate boundaries. I wasn't taking time off. I wasn't resting. I kept thinking, well, you know, I need to do it for the kids. And I, know, I feel like we hear that, that phrase a lot. You have to do it for the kids. But at the end of the day, if you're not filling your cup up, then you're going to get burnt out. And there's nothing you can do for anybody else if you're not taking care of yourself. And I think right now, um, I, I think right now we hear a lot about self-care for teachers. And I know that that can be difficult um, because there's a lot that's thrown your way right now. Uh, but if you're not taking care of yourself first, you're not going to be able to stay in the in the uh, in this career for very long because there's that burnout that's going to come. And so for me, I was like, all right, my heart is no longer in it because I felt so tired every single day. I didn't feel excited about what I was doing anymore because I um, I felt like I was just going through the motions and just trying to make it to the end of the day, to the end of the period, to the end of the year, and. I know you said your disclaimer, but I want to say for me too, I, I, like I said, I enjoyed teaching. I enjoyed my students. And so I don't want anybody listening to be like, oh man, she hates kids. Cause that's not it at all. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I actually do want to still make an impact on students, but it's going to be in a different way in the future, maybe through a club or something like that. But it wasn't that I didn't, I, I hated students or anything like that. It definitely wasn't that. It's just that I was exhausted because I wasn't setting appropriate boundaries. I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't drinking enough water. I wasn't eating well. I was basically just living, breathing, eating, everything was teaching. And so there was no, there wasn't any hobbies or outlets or anything like that. It was from sun up to sundown, Monday through Sunday, every single day teaching. And that's just not sustainable in any profession, especially one like teaching where you're so emotionally invested. Sure. And, you know, I, I know that everybody listening, that's a teacher gets it. Mm-hmm. Um, but those folks that, that aren't teachers and, and I, I don't recall if you, now, does your husband teach as well? Or did he teach? He was a teacher as well. And then he saw me working at home and it just, it just worked <laughs> out for both of us and we travel and stuff and we have our baby at home now also. So it worked out really well for us and our situation. Um, but yeah, he was a teacher too. And he actually loved teaching. It just was the lifestyle that we wanted a lot, you know, wouldn't allow for more traveling if we were both at home. Mm -hmm. And so a question that I want to ask you is a question that I've gotten a lot because I left the, the, the education, um, being with, you know, in the school, in the school itself on a daily basis Mm -hmm. due to also, you know, personal loss and situations that were out of our control that I just couldn't physically be there anymore. And people will still come and ask me, do you think you'd ever go back? Do you regret leaving? Do you miss it? So Mm -hmm. what are your answers to those questions? If teachers are contemplating getting out of the profession because they just don't feel like their heart's in it anymore, Mm -hmm. how do you think that, you know, how can you prepare them for in six months, a year, how are they going to feel about that change? Um, I didn't, I, I wouldn't go back. Um, I don't regret it at all. I don't miss teaching at all. And I think a big part of that is because I get to still 
do the parts of teaching that I love doing, but in a different realm now. So with my business, I get to do a lot of teaching and training and helping people and making an impact without having the confines that just weren't working for me. And without having the, um, the unrealistic expectations I was putting on myself and the inappropriate boundaries I was putting on myself or not, I guess, not using boundaries. (laughs) So, um, I, for me personally, I don't, uh, I don't miss it. I don't regret it. I wouldn't go back. Uh, but I think that part of me that really like the, the part of teaching that I liked, <laughs> I still get that fulfilled because of what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. And I think something really important that you said um, earlier was that when folks go into education, it's a special kind of person. We're emotionally invested in the children. We're emotionally invested in the families. We're usually emotionally invested in our colleagues and our other teachers supporting them. Um, and so when we are in it, we're in it a hundred percent. And it is almost sometimes uncomprehensible to think about doing anything other than what you went to school for. And you have a bachelor's degree in education. And now you probably have a master's degree in education. And, and so I, I talk to us a little bit more about how you, you sort of briefly mentioned, you know, there are other things within your area of expertise that can be learned quickly, that you can pull out of your area of expertise, things that you have done within your teaching career. Talk a little bit about um, what are some of those things and how can people really focus on figuring out what those things might be to move forward? Yeah. So some of the things that you have that you do every single day is project management, which that would be making sure your lesson plans are done on time, making sure that the the lessons are moving along like they should, that you're getting everything done. In another world, in the business world, that's called project management, team management. That's how you handle your classroom. Um, You write every day, you communicate clearly. Uh, For me personally, and for a lot of people that I work with, which are six, seven, and eight figure business owners, they look specifically for people that are teachable, that are coachable, that are eager to learn. um, And they care more about that than about what's on your resume, what school you went to, your most recent experience. Uh, The people that I work with usually will hire somebody that is newer, but has more, that has that eagerness, that desire to learn, that desire to grow, that desire to be coached. And so I think um, those are some of the skills that are definitely transferable. Uh, You're looking at data. So that's something that's really useful for a lot of careers as well. Um, Basically, if you're going into another career that's outside of education, that is some kind of business, what they want to know, what they really want to know is how can you help their company succeed? And usually success to a company is going to be um, more customers, retain customers, uh, increased profits, uh, decreased um, loss of time or loss of money. Uh, those kind of things. So if you can show them how you can help them do that by having a tighter ship, so that'd be with the project management, um, with looking at a lot of teachers are really good at like finding errors and things like that. That's a really valuable skill. Uh, looking at that data is a really valuable skill. So those are a few one, a few of the skills. And then I think you would ask also what other steps um, they could take. Is that, am I remembering correctly? Yeah. What other, what are, what are some steps they can take to sort of figure out? And you kind of mentioned some of them already, if they were someone that was really good at looking through data or looking through assessment data or looking um, for errors in what students, especially if you're a middle or high school teacher, um, you know, and, and, you know, possibly writing curriculum, writing content, um, all and technology. Talk to us about the, some of the technology now that teachers have been using all of this really cool instructional design and technology for years. And they don't realize that that is such a skill set that companies are now looking looking for. So talk a little bit about the technology piece of teaching. 
Absolutely. So a lot of businesses, especially because of everything that's happening right now, a lot of businesses are looking for ways to go online. So they're looking for people to write their emails um, and not emails like customer support emails, emails like uh, one of the things that I do is I ghostwrite. And so basically, um, if you've ever received an email from an influencer or from uh, a course creator or somebody that you bought something from, usually it's not from that person. It's from somebody like me that's doing the writing. It's like playing dress up. You get to, you know, pretend to be somebody else. It's really fun. But um, those kind of things, uh, using your writing skills for that. Uh, instructional design is a huge one right now. A lot of companies are wanting to create really excellent courses. So they're looking for people that know how to do that. And guess what? Teachers are great at that. And so those kind of things, uh, going through courses that have already been created and making updates to them, editing, proofreading, uh, bookkeeping is another one that a lot of businesses are looking to do online now. Um, pretty much, I mean, really, truly everything that you do in the classroom is <laughs> really what people are looking to do or to take online. Uh, but those are some of the biggest ones that I've seen recently, um, even podcast ed editing, um, video creation. I, I know some of you, especially depending on what subject you teach, you might be doing some things with video or websites, and those are huge also. Um, mm -hmm. But as you're looking to to get out, I'd say the steps to take would be, first of all, give yourself some grace. And if you need to say, it's okay for me to think about other options, give yourself that, <laughs> give yourself that. I see a lot of teachers that are like, oh, I, I feel such turmoil because I don't want to think about other options, but I also know it might be the right time for me to think about other options. So give yourself that permission to think about other options. You may, what I found is that some teachers, when they start thinking about other options. They're like, you know what? I think I do want to stay in teaching, but mm -hmm. until you give yourself permission to even look at what's out there and look at what you might want to do, it's hard to know for sure if you do or not. Mm -hmm. So then step two is, um, people ask me all the time, how do I get started? Step two is, is all about how to get started. So if you have a question about teaching, you think about your past experience, what you learned in the past, and you bring it into what you're doing currently. You'd go to somebody for help. You might Google it. It's the same thing when you start looking for other options. It's the same way with getting started. Um, when I first started looking at other options, I Googled and YouTubed everything. <laughs> now I take courses, but when I was first starting out, I was afraid to invest in myself. So I just Googled everything. I looked on YouTube for everything and it definitely took longer, but it was still helpful and it still got me to the point that I needed to get out. And then step three is going from saying, I'm just a teacher to I'm a teacher. And that means I can, or because I'm a teacher, I can. And so um, one thing I do with this is um, a lot of times teachers will say, nobody wants to hire me because I'm just a teacher, but just a teacher, <laughs> that's like an oxymoron, right? Because you guys, teachers are incredible and teachers um, know so much, but I think sometimes Teachers are great at what they do, but not necessarily great at marketing themselves. And so uh, it's just a matter of shifting your language and your perspective from I'm just a teacher to because I'm a teacher, here's all these incredible things I can do. There are companies that love to hire teachers because of all the incredible things you do. But usually it's because those companies have hired teachers in the past and they realize how valuable they are. So if you're uh, looking for something else and you have a hiring manager that's never been a teacher, then they probably don't understand what I'm a teacher means on your resume. So it's really important to um, explain that to them and make it really clear how you can help them. And even if you don't decide to leave teaching, telling yourself I'm just a teacher isn't going to help you. You are a teacher and that means you can do so many things, so many things. You can probably conquer the world if you wanted to. So, so many things, uh, but starting to list those things out that you do and that you can do um, and shifting from, I'm just a teacher to, because I'm a teacher, I can, and I'm a teacher. So that means I can, has been really helpful for me and a lot of the teachers that I worked with. 
Um, step four would be recognizing that you are incredibly valuable. I know some of you don't always feel that way. I know some of you feel beaten down and frustrated and discouraged and, um, and really burnt out. And I talk to people like you every day. So I, I know that, but I want you to know that your skills are so valuable. However, if you don't believe it, nobody else is going to believe it either. A lot of the first steps to figuring out what you want to do next really revolve around you figuring out who you are outside of teaching or who you want to be, and then really owning just how incredible you are. And so one thing I would do, and this might be weird, so hopefully it's not, but one thing I would do is I'd stand in front of the mirror and I'd be like, I'm a teacher and that means I can, and then I list some of the things that I could do. And by the end of it, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm incredible. And so that, I don't know, it's a weird thing that I would really helped me. And then I just have a few more steps that I say. Step five is figure out what you like to do. And I know for a lot of teachers, you might be like I was, you might be like, okay, all I do is teaching. So I don't know what I like to do. And so um, to kind of figure that out, I say, what do other people say you're good at? Uh, What do other people ask for your help on? Um, There are people that make vests for pet chickens, like no joke, like they knit vests for pet chickens, like that's what they do for a living. And so if those people can do those things, like what is it that you like to do? Maybe it's not vests for pet chickens, but what is it that you like to do um, that you could do? So there's that. Um, step six would be start to take action. So what's a step you can take today? It doesn't, you don't have to climb a mountain in a day. You're just taking a tiny step. And even if you decide you want to stay in teaching, what's a small step you can take today to uh, start setting better, better boundaries or start drinking enough water or eating healthier. Uh, but one step you can take every single day, a tiny step to get you closer to the thing you want. Mm-hmm. The next step would be acknowledge the thing that you want. Um, what you want now might change. What you wanted 10 years ago might change. So just, just because you wanted something a while ago doesn't mean you have to want it forever. Um, I see that a lot with teachers that are like, I, you know, I, I wanted to be a teacher since the day I was born how can I just not do that anymore? And you can always go back to teaching. You can take a year off. Um, it's okay to change your mind if you want to. And then finally keep taking small steps. Uh, two years ago, I was about, well, two and a half years ago now, I was about to start the side hustle that turned into my business that now grosses over six figures a year. And if you would ask me then, like, if I thought this was possible, absolutely not. <laughs> I definitely didn't think this was possible, but here we are. So remember that those small steps definitely add up. Mm-hmm. And that's I think <laughs> those are well, all that's steps. a lot. And I think it's fantastic. Yeah. And I'm hoping that people go back and watch this again and write these things down. Step one, step two, because I think throughout all of the steps that you just listed, um, it is really, really important for folks to know you don't have to just make a jump all at once. It's not like if you're feeling burnt out and you're feeling tired and you're feeling overwhelmed, you have to say, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to write my letter of res- resignation and this is going to be my last year and I'm going to figure it out. I mean, unless you're really desperate, but you can do small things do things on the weekends, do things in the evenings. Like what do you gravitate towards? What is a, an area of education that you can still be in, engaged in, but not have to get up and do, you know, the eight to sometimes six o'clock at night and grade papers and go to sports events and meetings and all of these things and still live your life and be with your family. Um, so I think, you know, some of your advice about small steps and figure out what your passions are and, and you are going to change. And I love the way that you brought that up. I always said that I was a born teacher. I was what that girl that I have to be in the classroom. I lived and breathed and ate education and kids and reading books and teaching and grading papers. And now I don't. And I love what I'm doing, just like you love what you're doing. Um, and I would have the same answer to those questions. No, I would not go back. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the the role in education that I have because I'm still helping folks. I'm just not in a classroom full of kids every day. And I'm with my family and it's my terms. And so 
I, I love the steps that you've, that you've given. And I really hope that our listeners go back. Um, where can we, where can our listeners find you, look for you, contact you if they are really thinking about this and they just need someone to talk to someone to give them advice and possibly, um, you to give them the next steps and where they may want to go. Yeah, um, we would love to help in any way we can. Uh, we have the Life After Teaching blog, which is www.lifeafterteaching.com. Over four years of resources in there. So that's really, really helpful. Um, we also have the Teacher's Toolkit, which is an ebook to help you identify how your current skills, t- current teaching skills, um, can translate into other skills just using, you know, different language. Uh, we have the winning resume, which is training resume templates to help you get noticed on your resume. And then if you need to reach out to me, I'd love to hear from you. It's Brittany, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y at lifeafterteaching.com. And we will have, just like we do with all our podcasts, um, uh, everyone that's listening, we will have everything that Brittany just said listed in the link below the podcast episode and description. Um, so you can always find her with all the links if you didn't catch it. Um, and I think that it's the, the resume writing, Brittany, is also a crucial, crucial skill because folks that are in their 30s or 40s are like, I haven't written a resume in 20 plus years. I have no idea how to redesign a resume. Um, so I think that's fantastic that you offer that. Um, have you been in a situation when you have someone feel like they want to get out of education and they change their minds and go ahead and stay and, and that yeah. works out well for them too? Absolutely. Yeah. We, uh, we have somebody actually that I was talking to just the other day that made that decision. And it was really interesting because now she's noticed, okay, at these different months of the year, I feel really down, really discouraged. Um, and then once that's over, I feel excited about teaching again. And so because she was able to notice that pattern, she was like, all right, I don't want to leave teaching. It's not that I want to leave teaching. It's that I just need to think about things differently during these certain months, or I need to practice more, you know, I need to do whatever it is that she needs to do to um, make it through those, those certain months. But she said, I love teaching. I love being with the kids. I just have to change how I'm thinking a bit on those, on those particular months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's so fantastic that folks have a resource in you, um, that they have someone to talk to, they have someone that's been through it and whether they decide to stay or go, or just need help navigating the turbulent waters that you are an ear, um, and a shoulder for them to sort of help get them on the right path. So Brittany Long, thank you so much. Uh, remember the life after teaching podcast, you can tune into that. Um, and we will list all of Brittany's info below the podcast episode. Um, thank you so much, Brittany. You're just such a pleasure to talk to. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was lovely to be here. And this is Christy Hull signing off for this episode of Classroom Matters.